0: You're listening to the Audacious Church podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. I imagine that you've got some great tunes that you would be listening to on the road. Well, let's get back to God's people. God's people would have songs for the road. Every uh, three times a year, they would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for one of the festivals. And it would take days, depending on where they they live. But they came from all over Um, Judea. And they came from all over in the villages and towns and mountains and the valleys to come to Jerusalem, which was slightly elevated. They would look up to the temple. They would look up to the city of Jerusalem and they would sing these songs. And these songs were about home. So driving home for Christmas would have been a song of ascent potentially. Um, (laughs) But it was all about home and it was all about that home is where we can dwell with God. I don't know if you really know this, but if you were to ask, what is the meta-narrative? What is the point of God making man, building this whole world and, you know, doing all of that that he, that he did? It's, it would come to that. Making a dwelling place where His family can dwell with Him. And that's what we do in church. When we come into the family of God, when we put our trust in Jesus, we come into His family, but we come into a place where He and, and we can dwell with Him. A lot of the times we talk about going to heaven, but what He has done instead is He's brought heaven to earth. And right here, right now, we dwell with God. And so this is what it's talking about. The worshipers ascending to the temple, celebrating home. Not just home in the temple, but home in God. It's about people who are lost, finding home. People who are displaced, finding home. The exiles who were maybe scattered amongst the nations, finding a place that is home. And this is the psalm that we're going to be looking at, Psalm 127. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. You might know that. It's a well-known psalm. Unless the Lord builds the house, the the labourers labour in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man, Lee, whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court i love this i love this because it's a it's actually situated in the 15 of these songs of ascent this psalm and these verses are sandwiched right in the middle There's seven on the front, seven on the back, and this is the eighth psalm. And in the centre of the Songs of Ascent, those who were celebrating and coming back to the temple and recognising that they dwell in God's house and that God dwells with them, are these words, unless the Lord builds the house, the labourers labour in vain. Now, I personally... I don't think I'm an impatient person, but I think I can be at times because I hate it when things don't work. Like things that are supposed to work and they don't work, bugs me. I remember being, a, when, I was, when I was a kid, and I know I'm giving away my age, but before DVDs, young people, there was videos. And I remember I could never get our video player to work. I remember being on my own, maybe in the house, everybody else is out, and I'm thinking, I fancy watching a video. I would stick it in. I would look at the screen and it'd be nothing. And I'd be looking at it thinking, right, okay, well, maybe the the cords are not in the right place and I would fiddle with the cords and I'd look at the back of the TV and look at the holes and go... I I don't know this is something that my dad used to do for us or you know somebody else would do and now it's me and I don't know what I'm doing and and somebody's obviously moved something and now I've got to try and figure it out it's the epitome of frustration for me I don't like when things don't work and this is this psalm is a little bit like that we've all been there haven't we have you ever put an Ikea flat pack together Only to realise that when you think you're finished, that you've put something on upside down. When things are not quite where they should be. And what do you have to do? Undo the whole thing and start from the beginning. We've all been there. And sometimes life is like that, where things don't work. Life can feel like something is missing. Life can be frustrating. It can feel like something is out of alignment. Think of that frustration when you can't get something to work, when something isn't there, when something's missing or something is out of place and you've got to dismantle everything. Sometimes life can feel like that. Something's missing. Something's out of alignment. Something's out of whack. Think of your body if anything is out of whack it just it just makes everything hard work this psalm is speaking into that very situation the problem is though that when we find ourselves in frustration or we find ourselves when something is missing or when something's not working in our lives that we've got two two things that we normally do and that is look for someone to blame we're like who's to blame and usually it's our family in some way because they're the closest target. Or we find it's our boss, it's our spouse, it's our kids, it's, it's somebody else that is doing something to us in order for something to be hard or frustrating or difficult or painful or whatever. We, we look for someone to blame. Or we look for, we say, oh, you know, it's an attack spiritual attack you know (laughs) you know the the enemy is out for me I remember when I was um a young Christian very young so I became a Christian when I was 16 but just before my 17th birthday and in Australia when you turn 17 you have one job and one job only and that is to get your license we all wait for our 17th. In fact, you can get your theory licence at the time. I'm not sure about now. But at 16 and 9 months, you could get your, your theory licence. Um, test done and then at 17 you could get your test your, your proper driving test and so it was 17 and I got I got my license and I thought I was the bee's knees now I had wheels I was so excited independence you don't understand what this means to us in Australia everything is far away I had a car I didn't have to catch a train anymore this was a phenomenal situation and I used to say to my parents every morning do you need the car and then if they said no I would drive to school oh Oh, it's just amazing. I didn't have to walk to the station. I didn't have to catch the train. I didn't have to walk up this massive hill to the school. I could drive and watch these plebs while walking to school and going, ha, ha, ha. I don't have to do that. And But we had a Ford Falcon. I don't know if you had Ford Falcons in the UK, but a Ford Falcon was a tank. It was wide. And I remember that my biggest issue was trying to find a park and then I found this park right in front of the school. I thought it was it was it wasn't huge. So I did my best reverse park and I reversed it in. And it was amazing. I thought, yes. Tiny, you know, 45 degree, and then back again. And I was like, yes. Anyway, did the whole day, kept checking for the car keys. Have I still got yes, yeah, I've got the car keys. And then it was the end of school and I was like, going, I'm not going to the train i'm going to my car and so i get into the car seat and i'm like turning the key and nothing happens turning the key nothing happens and i'm a young christian and so i've just been introduced to this whole spiritual realm and i'm thinking the devil doesn't want me to go home i promise you That's exactly what I thought because there's no reason. This car was working. There is no reason. I couldn't turn the steering wheel. I couldn't turn the key. Nothing was happening. And so I rebuked the enemy for 20 solid minutes (laughs) in my car. I thought, right. I mean, get out of my car. I'm going to go home and nothing's going to stop my destiny in Jesus' name. And I'm just like, you know, going for it. Anyway, after 20 minutes, I thought, oh, I was just It's not happening. Nothing's working. I haven't got enough (laughs) faith. And so I go to the school office and I walk in and the the reception goes, Sophie, are you still here? And I went, yeah, my car's not working. And she went, oh, really? And I said, I know, it's just weird. I can't, the steering wheel won't move and I can't turn the key. And she went, have you got the steering wheel lock on? And I'm like, there's a steering wheel? And I'll go back to the car. <laughs> and sure enough, she said, just jiggle it. And I just jiggled it. And I didn't know there was a steering wheel lock. But like I say, my first thing was the enemy. It's the enemy. And sometimes we can do the same thing. Something's not working in our lives, but it may not be somebody else. And it may not be the enemy. It may just be that something is out of alignment in our life. And this is what the psalm is speaking to. Unless the Lord builds a house, the labor's labor in vain. This is about making the Lord the center. Listen to this. Without the Lord, frustration. That's what the first sentence of this psalm says, unless the Lord builds a house, the labor's labor in vain. But the Latin says nisi dominus frustra. Nisi dominus frustra. Actually, this is the motto of the city of Edinburgh, Scotland. It's on their crest and it's affixed to their, all their official documents. Without the Lord, frustration. This is not about blaming the enemy, blaming other people. This is about an alignment. Where is the Lord in my life? Have I come out of alignment? He is supposed to be the centre of my life because when the Lord is the centre of my life, everything else seems to flow. Everything else seems to come into place. Everything else seems to make sense. If the Lord is the centre of my life, I want you to do a heart check tonight, um, this morning. It feels like night. Just do a heart check. Where is the Lord? Have you come out of alignment have things started to become frustrating? Have things started to feel hard, painful? Have you been trying to, to look for someone to blame? But maybe it's something that isn't quite right in you. It says here, there was, um, there's an AOG missionary who was an absolute legend. He died um, <clears throat> a few years ago. But he was called to Calcutta in India. His name was Mark Buntane. And um, he built hospitals and schools in India and planted lots of churches. But they were trying to build a hospital and the foundations kept on filling up with water. And they would sort it out and it just kept filling up with water. Sort it out, kept on filling up with water. And so what he did was, is he got here and his team together, they had a tiny little Bible. They prayed over this Bible and put it in the cement. And then no water it didn't fill up and they were able to build the the hospital but um, this hospital was able to treat over two million patients free of charge and now more than 700 churches trace their origins to the work of this man in India he and his wife Um, I just these are stories these are our stories that tell us that unless the Lord builds a house, everything is frustration. Where is the Lord? Do you need to put him at the centre? There's a Scottish Baptist minister called Alexander McLaren. He said, Long hours do not mean prosperous work. The evening meal may be put off till a later hour. And when the toil-worn man sits down to it, he may eat bread made bitter by labour. But all is in vain without God's blessing. I just, Patrick, where are you? The second thing that this, this psalm is about is about legacy. With the Lord, there is legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring, a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are children born in one's youth. This is about the house of God, not just being our home, but this is the place where our children are raised. It's in the house of God that, we are, that our children are trained. It is in the house of God that our children understand who they are, understand who their God is, understand what their purpose is. It's in the house that our children are sharpened and that they are arrows in the warrior's hand. I love this because our society wants to tell us that we are just individuals. That the children get to the age of 18 and then they just go out on their own. But as Christians and as the people of God, we understand legacy. That there is a blessing that flows throughout the generations. That our God is a God of generations. So as you take responsibility to make sure that the Lord is at the centre of your heart, At the centre of your life, at the centre of your finances, at the centre of your marriage, at the centre of your emotions, at the centre of your plans, at the centre of your decisions, at the centre of every situation that you find yourself in, there is an outflow, an offspring of legacy that becomes a weapon in your hand. In the hand of the warrior and so into your hand. Now this doesn't have to be biological children. This can be just spiritual children. That's why in our church we don't babysit. But we train our children. We teach them about the ways of God. We teach them that they can know God, that they can know the presence of God, that they can know the voice of God, that they can know the love of God, that they can have an identity in Him. Not just a babysitting service, but a training place. Unless the Lord builds a house, the labourers labour in vain. This is just a heart check. In fact, I would imagine that for every pilgrim that went to the city of Jerusalem and sung those songs, it was like a, a reorientation. Lord, I, I acknowledge that You are my God. I acknowledge that I am Your child. I acknowledge that I live with You as the Lord of my life. I acknowledge that I am not in control of my life. I acknowledge that You are my home. I acknowledge that I surrender to Your ways. Unless the Lord is at the centre, frustration. Unless the Lord is at the centre, everything is in vain. Everything is meaningless. Yes, we'll get up. Yes, we will work. Yes, we will do the stuff of life. But what will last forever? Legacy comes from a life submitted to the Lord, making Jesus the centre of your life. Where is He? Is He afar, somewhere up there? but has no bearing on how you live down here? Or is he right here at the centre? Is he Lord? CT Studd, another amazing missionary. He said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. We get one life. One cause, one purpose, one moment. James says that our life is like a mess. It appears for a moment and then it is gone. We want our lives to matter. We want our our lives to make a mark. We want our lives to say to the next generation, this is how you live. This is what is important. This is who you are. So my encouragement is is the Lord at the center. You might think well uh, I think so, and I'll be my next follow-up question is where find the frustration? Because wherever is frustrating, maybe we need to ask is the Lord at the center of that frustration? And maybe there needs to be a reorientation. Maybe there needs to be a fresh surrender. Maybe there needs to be an action that needs to take place. A letting go of some stuff that is taking you out of position or taking the Lord out of position of the centre. Maybe there needs to be forgiveness. Can I encourage you, church, that... This is life. It's not about religion. It is not about um, liturgy. It is about a heart of a man and a woman submitted to God. And only you can know where your heart is. Only you can know how clean it is. Only you can know if it's if the Lord is at the center. But we're here for legacy. We're here to have the next generation fall into the slipstream of the lives that we live so that they can be that arrow in the hands of a warrior, sharp, trained, focused, ready to do the work of God in their generation. Thank you for listening to this audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.